0: Wait,
1: what are we doing? I
0: don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: What it do? What it do? Ladies
0: and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up network. I'm your host, Rubino.
1: And I'm DJ Earn, man. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. Chilling, man. Chilling? Yeah.
0: Are you, are you really chilling? Because yeah. it's hot, bro. I mean, it's hot, but you know,
1: <laughs> I like the energy in the room.
0: I love it, too, man. I love it, man. Well, it's good to see you, bro. Just, se- you too, just celebrated a birthday, oh, happy birthday yeah, yeah. again Yeah, thank
1: you, man, thank yeah, you
0: Yeah, man, shout out to Appreciate shout out to it. her, man mm-hmm. Send him some birthday love if y'all if y'all see him out there
1: Robbie had a blast, man, let's yeah. just put it that I way I had a great time, bro
0: <laughs> I have a better time on other people's birthdays than mine <laughs> Always um, But yeah, man, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you and welcome This is the Up and Up podcast, as I mentioned This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? Hustlers, yep. shakers uh, people who are really out here carving lanes, right? Just pioneering their own way, yes, right? Sir. And staying on the up and up and doing so, and inspiring the community out here, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's what that is. And 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 again, obviously, we always want to shout out the family members, right? We don't we don't call them listeners, we don't call them uh, uh, fans like some people call people fans and stuff. Yeah. Like, now these are these are family members, man. So shout out to y'all, the supporters of the up and up podcast, the up and up platform as a whole. Uh, man, we do it for y'all. We're going to keep it going, right? Yes, sir. And if this is your first time tuning in, shout out to you and welcome to the family, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, And getting to it, man, you know, we always pride ourselves on making sure we can provide our audience with our family, I should say, (laughs) with uh, a special guest with a story, right? With a story to tell. And today's guest is a man, I would say, who who truly embodies what it means to be the change you want to see in the world um, while helping others do the same. Uh, I would say he's definitely a true culture cultivator who's doing everything he can to stay on the up and up, right, and helping others as well. Um, he's the founder of Seattle-based nonprofit Community Passageways, which was actually founded back in 2017. Um, to give you guys a little insight on the platform, it is a nonprofit that was founded within with a vision of uh, zero youth incarceration um, and really focused on felony diversion and prevention programs, and uh, Community Passageways is also leading the way in what they say reimagining and actively creating an alternative to today's criminal justice system. And what's even dope, man, is, um, you know, the work they're doing sometimes, the work that people do, there's a lot of left out context, you know what I mean? And w- what they have been able to do over the years and what they will continue to do is continue to, you know, pour into our young black and brown youth with everything they have to provide them everything from mentorship, leadership opportunities, uh, personal healing, and just so much more, man. And they're doing great work. So let's just get straight to him, man. It, you know, we bring great guests up here, so let's get straight to it. Our guest is none other than the change agent himself, Dominique Davis. Can we get a round of applause for Yeah. Someone? Come on. Love, nah, man. How you doing,
2: boss? Uh, man, Um, I uh – Usually I'd be like I'm good man You know what I'm saying I'm alright You know what I'm saying Things is good I'm good You know How we do that Mm -hmm. Especially us as men Of color Right We say we're good All the time And so I've been uh, I started doing therapy Lately Mm. And uh, I was I've been told for years I need to do therapy So I just started Doing it lately And my therapist said Be honest Mm. With your feelings I'm not good Mm. I'm alright But Mm -hmm. I ain't good I feel that So I'm just being transparent I feel that
0: Yeah Now that's real I think honesty's honesty is what makes people comfortable sometimes you know Mm. and that's that's important Mm -hmm. well hopefully you know hopefully we can try to you know take that to the next level you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and and i think that's the thing honesty is important because what we try to do here is have honest conversations right Yeah. yeah. so uh well but we appreciate you being here man and uh we it's a pleasure and honor always
2: i want to say i'm i'm energized for being here with you guys just to see the the Young black brothers mm-hmm. doing their thing, man. You know what yes, I'm saying? Sir. Positive yeah. things. Yeah, man. Putting out that positive frequency for others to tap into. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. For mm-hmm. real. Thank you, man. man we man. appreciate let's, you. Let's get it,
0: man. We, we, we got it locked in. We got the man here. And so if you're familiar with the show, we usually start the show, or we always start to show off with a quote of the day, uh, something to get the vibe right. Um, good brother over here. Man yes of the sir. quotes yes, sir quote, quote man What yeah. you got for us today man?
1: Alright so the quote of the day today Is the greatness of a community Is most accurately measured By the compassionate actions of its members
0: mm. 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 I like that Powerful mm. Who Who's yeah. that by?
1: Coretta Scott King mm. Yeah
2: Powerful I like that
1: mm. Might have to run that back yeah, one run time back. Yeah. Can you read <laughs> that again? Run that back yeah So the quote is, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members.
0: Mm. No, that's real. That's real. I think sometimes word community gets thrown out there a lot and it could become kind of numbing to people, like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be in the community, a part of the community, helping the community? And I think that that quote touches on it, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Two words in that quote, compassionate actions, is what hits me the most, right? right? Compassionate actions. Yeah. Right? compassion and action mm-hmm. right you can't be compassionate without no action mm. yep. that's real or else you're just sitting in compassion it's not affecting nobody mm-hmm. exactly you can talk about it yeah. but you got to have action behind it i love mm-hmm. that yeah. that's real exactly
0: well well speaking of the action man and you know I, I touched on in the intro i touched on you know community passageways work and kind of the mission but if you can't from your you know from your perspective and your own voice um I guess, how would you describe kind of the objective behind what really fueled and started Community Passageways for you?
2: Well, I'm going um, to get real here again. Um, there was a, I, I was one of the co-founders of an organization called Choose 180, very popular organization mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. I was one of the co-founders of that back in like 2010. And uh, we, we launched it in 2011, and that was a misdemeanor diversion program. And so I was working in that field. It was the first time. I, I literally, man, I grew up in the streets, you know, I was... In the streets, I hustled my way through life, you know, left home at 13, first apartment 14, two mm-hmm. cars and a baby by 16, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. two bedroom apartment. I was out here getting it, you know, and mm-hmm. so I saw, I knew that was my thing, getting money, right, and, yeah. I, just, and I wanted to be the best, but I was also a really good football player and an athlete, mm. and so that, I had these two battles going on, um, so I, I had hustled my way through life, and then mostly, like, 90% of my life was stolen by the streets, I was very talented. I had football scholarship offers all over the place. I could have went anywhere, whatever, right? And, and but I didn't have the grades. I didn't, and so I didn't never think. I never see myself going to college or playing. I wanted to. That was my vision. I wanted to, but I just I was caught up. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, needless to say so i i told you that piece because it took me all these years to wake up out of that and educate myself and come to a place where i finally wanted to start helping my community instead of being a detriment to my community and and you know i was always competitive so when i hit the streets i wanted to be the best hustler i was getting in, you yeah, know yeah. Hey, moving yeah, weight yeah, flying yeah. all over the country and girls money car right before rappers made it popular yeah, you know yeah, what i'm that's saying like that's I, was, life. Yeah, I was doing that stuff before the rappers made it popular so um <clears throat> waking up out of that was a mission it was a it was um, you know picking up a book and and reading this the first book I really just sat down and read through Mm -hmm. it was called a holy blood holy grail and uh, it was this book had a bunch of french words in it but it was really deep and uh, it went you know while into the knights of the templar and all that kind of stuff in in the freemasons and Mm -hmm. all the symbolism and all that stuff. I'm like whoa my mind was blown I struggled through it but I read that book and after that I was just this whole world opened up for me and I wanted to read more and learn more and mm-hmm. as I read more and started listening to different like Louis Farrakhan was somebody I was just gotten to his speeches yeah. and how never seen a black man speak like that yeah. then started getting into all the you know I just got into I just got into so I had to go there first before I could tell you how I got to, to opening up the vision for of sure. CP, mm-hmm. sure. right? Yeah. Just to give you like a background of where I came from and yep. then how I decided I can no longer be that person no more yeah. and poison my community and, yeah. and be toxic to my community. Yeah. Now I want to help my people because I see there's a system that was put in place for us to fall into the trap mm-hmm. And I was a victim of the trap. I was a victim of the system that mm-hmm. I fell into, mm-hmm. right? And so, and then all my friends were. And mm-hmm. so all the death and destruction and, and prison time and all that and funerals yeah. and, you know, gunplay, and all that. And so I was in, in the middle of all that mm-hmm. and it was mind blowing to me when I finally realized I was tricked, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So fast forward into going through a evolve, evolving into somebody else and into who, I, who uh, God created me to be, I fell into a space where I got an opportunity. To, to be the co-founder and going through a process. And, and so I went through the process of, of getting into Choose 180 and built that up, did that for five or six years. Here's how Community passageways to answer your question, yeah. came about. Yeah, yeah I, We had a summer, 2015, here. And, like, you know how hot it is right now, everybody's shooting? It was like that yeah. in 2015. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was a bad summer. Mm-hmm. And for, like, four months, I think, like, 30-something, you know, people Under the age 27 or something, got murdered Mm. right in in King County. And so it was just back to back to back, and I was at funeral after funeral, and I was doing eulogy, and and I was just being, I was. You know, I knew the people were shooting. I knew who was dying. Who was? I knew when Cass was plotting on killing somebody. I'm trying to tell them, you know, and then they get killed. And now I'm dealing with parents over here. It was just crazy. And I was like, you know what? I can't keep doing this misdemeanor diversion program where kids are getting caught stealing out of Macy's or, you know, get caught with a dime bag or getting a little scuffle or something. And now we're going and helping them. They needed the help too. That's cool, for whatever. Sure, for but sure. I wanted to take it to the next level because as I'm navigating and learning and getting my feet wet in the system, court system, the legal system, I'm seeing. A bunch of the kids that I coached in sports, and or kids from my neighborhood, or you know, they're they're sitting there, the grandmas are crying because the grandma they're raising by the being raised by the grandma, grandma don't know the system, or mom, or somebody's there, and, they, and the kid is sitting there, they're just victims of the system because they committed a felony, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. commit the felony, I'm just. You just victim you're just a victim of the system. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're at the mercy of the court. Yeah. You don't even know what to do. Yeah. They tell you this is the time you're going to do or this is the, you're going to get this, yeah. and you're going to get that and you just go there was no second chance, there. Mm. So I said to myself, well if there's a second chance for misdemeanors how come there can't be a second chance for felonies? It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I know there're more serious offenses but you know, I need to tap into that and see if we can yeah. make that
0: happen. No, that's real.
2: But <laughs> during that summer, I started thinking about it. And and it was in my mind, and I had this vision for it, and I wanted to make it happen, but I was, you know, busy doing my thing, coaching and training athletes and and building that Choose 180 program. Yeah. And one day I walked out of the office. I'm on Rainier. My office is on Rainier Avenue. I'm still at the same office. I'm walking out on uh, on my office. I I walk up to Rainier Avenue because I'm getting ready to go to my car to go do some coaching, and I see a bunch of fire trucks and aid cars and police down the street, it block up the street. And I look down and I'm like, oh, what happened? So I walk down there and there's yellow tape everywhere and there's a fifteen year old kid laying on the side of the streets dead. And he's laying there, t- tan khakis, white tennis shoes, kinda dirty Convert tennis shoes and a they- um, yellow jacket with a gold. I can tell you, I know what he wore. It was wearing, you know what I'm saying? And I see the see it all the time. So it's just something in, planted in my brain. So I see this kid laying there. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. School done let out an hour or so before that. There's kids standing around a yellow tape, looking at this kid. They hadn't covered him up yet because it just happened. They placing the bullets, placing the the little numbers where the yeah. bullets go and all that. Yeah. You know, they ain't even covered him up yet. And I'm like, cover him up. I'm trying to tell them these kids are looking. School buses are driving by. Everybody's in the window seeing this dead kid. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I got to do something. I got to do it now. Yeah. I mm-hmm. felt the urgency. Yeah. And, and now this is after going through all this other stuff that I just told you about that yeah. summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was it, bro. That was the cam- that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, I got to do something. So I was I was devastated. You know, um, I was broken. Mm-hmm. I got I found I finally broke. You know, mm-hmm. you can be tough, yeah, you know, like yeah. it is what it is. We just yeah. got to do this work with it. And I, I I broke that minute. I felt myself break something inside of me, just snap. So I went home and I was literally prayed all night. I was praying all night. I was just praying, man. I was like, God, give me the vision. Just give me the vision. I was just, I need something. I need something. I, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep and and I woke up in the middle of the night at like 345 or something a.m. It was like 3 something a.m. I remember that very vividly, like 340 something. And that's when all the vision just came to me, like mm. all this stuff. Um, um, you know, um, we had to do prevention, diversion, incarceration and reentry. Mm-hmm. Right. I, to, I got to create my own pipeline. They got the school to prison pipeline that the system created. Well, I got to create a pipeline that's going to break that pipeline mm. and replace that pipeline. That's and so that's when I got the vision. I was like, man, I got to do it. And so I got up, I started writing. Next thing you know. I was like, I went and talked to some people that I was still at 180 at this time. And I was like, I got to build this out. And so we go, you know, I started working on it. I started putting, I I went to an event and um, somebody, I was supposed to just be there as a visitor. It was like 60 people there having a community circle to talk about all the violence and stuff. And I was just there as a guest. And the dude that was running the event, he thought it was going to be like 10 or 12 people. When 60 something people showed up and it was a bunch of, you know, Pastors and And city pe- council people that show, And he was like Bro I'm nervous man Can you just run this for me mm-hmm. and I was like Yeah no problem I yeah. got you You know what I'm yeah. saying So I started running for him And then I started talking About the vision That I had A couple of days before that Yeah You know Um and so um, everybody was like, whoa, that's, that's, that can work, you know, that yeah. can, right? And so he was like that. And so all of a sudden they came to the table, a couple of lawyers, some graphic people, some some uh, program yeah. uh, management people. Yeah. They were like,
0: we'll volunteer. We're just going to get with you. Let's make this come. Because it's powerful. And it's, it, man, bro, that's, that's how it usually works too, you know? And, and thank you for sharing that because I think that's important important message for people to hear is like, yo, sometimes you can't harbor these visions that you have. Like you got to express them You got to get them out Like even if it's not Even if you don't know how Mm -hmm. But you know why Mm -hmm. And if you know why That's what matters most of the time Right? Yeah Yeah Yeah.
2: So that's how it came to light bro That's real man And then here we are now Yeah uh, Four and a half years later With a felony diversion program Mm -hmm. That's altered over 400 years Of prison and jail time Off the table For people in the community
0: Man That's powerful bro
1: Yeah So so what are like um, What were like some of the First steps you took after that like when you received all that support from everybody at that meeting you're just like damn was it kind of like a overwhelming feeling or was it like man let's get to work
2: no it was get to work there was no doubt yeah it was good to work yeah we got yeah. to work we had a couple of meetings next thing i know i formulated a board now mm-hmm. i'm still at 180 at the time yeah yeah, yeah. right but now i'm, I'm creating this too yeah. yeah i went to the board at 180 and i said hey i presented to them i showed them this whole Thing showed them everything, and Mm. and I said, "We got to do this. We can't keep just doing misdemeanor. We got to do something." And and, you know, they wasn't buying in. They were like, "Nobody could do that. You can't divert felonies. That's too much." And you want to do this reentry work, and you want to work in the jails and the prisons, and you want to you want to get you want to go into schools. That's nobody. Nobody could do all that. That's too big. Wow. That vision. That's too much. And so I was pissed off. I went off You know what I'm saying I I said some words I probably shouldn't have said Because I'm like This is my community You know what I mean I know what it needs Yeah Yeah. exactly And then I left out of there Hot and I got in my car And at that point in time Was when I was in My transformation period Mm -hmm. Still going through My transformation I wasn't in the streets No more but I was Trying to get closer to God Mm -hmm. So I put on a T.D. Jakes Video on my phone Mm -hmm. And I was driving And he said A couple hours later I was listening to him He said in In the sermon he said Whenever you have a vision that's so big that people tell you you can't do it, mm-hmm. that means it's from God. Mm. When I stopped my car, I pulled over. That's a gem. I had to get out of my car. Yeah. I was like. That's a gem. And he said, and it has to be too big for you to do it alone.
0: That's that's a gem. Was, that's a gem.
1: Yeah. That
2: was it.
0: That was right on time. That was it. You were supposed to hear that mm-hmm. at that moment, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow,
0: It's crazy man. how that that's works crazy. out, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, too, man, because, you know, people sometimes on the surface, it just looks like, okay, he started an organization. But I love that you're sharing the context, bro, because there's a lot of reasons why people do what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not just doing it because it, not only because it's the right thing to do, but there's so many other factors that go into it. It's yeah. bigger than you. When it's bigger than you, it's easy to do sometimes because it's not a one person job. Right. 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 Um, but but you touched on something a little earlier earlier. And i think a lot of people can relate to this i kind of call it like the one foot in one foot out dilemma that a Mm. lot of people go through right Mm. and you know with youth you know when we're all young we are excited about the things that get us excited Mm -hmm. right whether it's sports music whatever it is extracurricular activities and stuff and then you may be pulled in another direction um do you have advice for 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 young folks or even parents of young folks on how they can kind of navigate that those feelings in terms of like why what they should do when they feel like they're being pulled
2: yeah um um and i can only speak in the in the uh, lives that we've been i've been able to be involved in yeah that we've been able to to move in the right direction and to my own testimony but at the end of the day given when you find your purpose mm-hmm. or when you find your reasons for being it does. It, it's not going to come right away, right? Mm. But there's a process of getting there. Mm. It ain't going to just fall in your lap. Your purpose doesn't just fall in your lap, mm-hmm. right? You go through a process to get there, and it's yeah. going to be a long process sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it might be short. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you got to go through a process to get to where you're supposed to be at. That's right. And so when you're going through your process, you the, what helps these young people and what keeps these young people focused is they have to know they're going through the process. Yeah. Because if you don't, yeah. if you just, if I just get you a job at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, and I don't tell you nothing. Yeah. I just be like, look, bro, I'm going to get you this job, mm-hmm. right? Which, I'm not getting a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs>
2: um, I get you a job. I just say, okay, go, you're going to work over here at Wendy's for a little while, right? So I'm going to get you this job. But I have to test my responsibility to say, I'm doing this because you have to show discipline. Yeah. Like, I got bigger opportunities right. for you. Yeah. And I'm going to open up bigger doors for you. <laughs> yeah. But you have to show me that you're willing to get up every day. Make it to this job And work eight hours a day mm. And work hard And do a good job there And I'll support you through it mm. My team will support you through it mm-hmm. We'll make sure you got money We'll make sure you got a transportation mm-hmm. We'll make sure you got clothes We'll make sure you're eating good. Yeah, whatever yeah. We're going to take care of your basics Yeah Right You can keep your check yeah. We don't, You ain't got to spend your check We'll help you pay your rent Yep You know what I mean yep. But because I got bigger plans for you I see something in you Yeah But this is for discipline Yep And I need you to understand that Right Yeah So if we're If now this young person Is going to work Knowing there's something At the end of this mm. there's something bigger than right yeah so now you know so that's where you we kind of go wrong mm. go get a job right why ain't you ain't got no you know yeah just, why don't they just go get jobs mm. yeah right it's got to be bigger than that man gotta, in this generation right now that we have yeah they ain't satisfied with that. They didn't watch their grandmas and great-grandmas and their moms and their dads have jobs and still be broke. Yeah. And still yeah. not have nothing. Yeah. And still not make nothing. There ain't no generational wealth being made. Yeah. Still struggling to pay your bills. Yeah. Right? They, so they see. Why well, well, I want to go do that. Yeah. Right? I don't see no hope for me. Right? Yeah. I, I could go to college, but that's a process. Yeah. That takes a lot of work to do. Yeah. That's right. When I could just be out here with the homies and, mm-hmm. and yeah. just... So you, you gotta, gotta give them, and I
0: think I think that's real. You gotta kind of guide them and let them know, like, the route doesn't end where it starts, right? Where it's like, yo, like this is a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. It's only a stepping stone, mm-hmm. but you, but you gotta map it out, right? Like people talk about the blueprint and things like that. Like certain people who came before us laid down the blueprint, yeah. and that's real. Like if you study people, you will know how to do it. You're not gonna do it like them. Come on. You're gonna mm-hmm. have to go through your own, you know, your own yeah. own shit and stuff, but. Yeah. And I think that's the type of conversation I, I think what you're getting at is like, don't just tell them, hey, go do this. Tell them, hey, if you do this, it could lead to this mm-hmm. and, and it could lead to that. Mm-hmm. And let me show you who did that and how it worked for them. You know yeah. what I mean? So
2: now I'm, I put a pro- we're putting the process in place, like the buildings that we're getting ready to build, the mm-hmm. capital campaign that we're on, the properties. that we're, Bro, come on, man. like, I went from hustling, making a lot of money in the streets to walking away from it and turning my back on it. Right, saying I ain't doing that no more. And there's a long testimony for that in another podcast. But <laughs> but I and I but at the end of the day, um, I stepped into another realm not looking for money. Mm. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get into this to make money. No, for sure. I got in this to save our community and save lives. Yeah. And I realized when you're chasing lives and chasing hope and, and out of love and compassion and falling into your purpose mm-hmm. to help people, mm-hmm. the money's gonna come, mm-hmm. right? That's so right. as I've been building this out, it was just me and two volunteers in 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Me and two volunteers, bro. Then three volunteers. Yeah. You know, and four volunteers. Mm-hmm. Now I got 70 employees.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
2: I went from a small little didn't I wasn't making no money. We yeah. I was using my own money out of my own pocket. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I got a budget. I, I spend 300 grand a month paying people mm. and paying overhead expenses. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. We're putting people in hotels. We're putting people in and paying rent for people. Yeah. We're helping people get apart. We're putting people, kids in college. Yeah. Kids are graduating high school. Yep. You know what I mean? We're plugging people, man. We're making yeah. sure people are eating. Yeah. I'm, I pay young people stipends to go through our programming. Yeah. Right? I got one program where I'm paying the, the hitters, the real hitters in the streets. Mm-hmm. And my deep dive program, we go out to find them. I've been able, I was able to negotiate a deal with the prosecuting attorney's office who has a shots fired program for the last four years three years and, and what they did was they gathered names of people in the streets that were high risk people that had been arrested with guns people that had been arrested at the shot scenes of shootings people that were with other people that were mur- murder suspects or victims or mm-hmm. like they, and so they get this algorithm and so they had this list and i was like um what are y'all gonna do with that list because I'm not going to sit back and just let you start building cases on people and yeah. wait till people get shot. Because they said that these, pe- this top, these top 25 are more likely to shoot or be killed in a certain short amount of time. Mm. I said, oh, well, give me the list and let me go find them. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that took some work to do, but I got the list. And
0: that's intention, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's intention. Not leaving it up to the system to, to deal with them.
2: Right. Because we want to break that cycle. Yeah. That's right? real. And so we pay them $1,100 a month to that's be in real. our program. Five days a week curriculum. Yeah. Right? helping them get jobs and yeah. get getting their own apartments, all this stuff. Yeah. But I can just go on and on. So it went from just so when you asked me about helping young people and giving a message to young people, yeah. bro, I got four companies now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was able mm-hmm. to build off of the reputation of the work we, I've been able to do and my team been able to do, yeah. my organization been able to do, to start other companies. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just talking about I got like close to 70 employees in just community passersways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got like 25 in another company, yep. six in another company, yep. right, and three yeah. in another yeah. company. And so what I'm saying is my goal is to have 500 black folks working, making good money. Yeah. yeah. That's my goal. And, and, and I want 50% of my employees to end up buying their first home or piece of property while they're working for me.
0: That's solid, man. I that's, salute that, that man. Yeah, that
2: just, I
1: salute I mean, that. That reminds me of what you be saying, bro. Like mm-hmm. when you be saying the uh, impact over income. Yeah. Like it wasn't about the money. Like you just yeah. went. You because just impact just, like, impact, can't lives, be, impact
0: can't be erased. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like good or bad, whatever type of impact you make, people don't forget that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's direct or indirect. And I think that's why what made it easy for people to gravitate towards what you were doing. They were impacted by it. Maybe not directly, but indirectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and you touched on it, man. Um, you guys are you guys have, um, you know, to do with the work you're doing, it takes a lot of, like, research and development. You don't just get out there and say, hey, I can fix this without having the evidence and stuff. So you talked about uh, what you guys call your four-pronged approach, mm-hmm. right, which is prevention, diversion, support, and reintegration. Mm-hmm. Um can you kind of talk about some of the, I mean, you, you touched on it there, but like maybe some examples of like how you've seen that like really come into effect to where you're like, okay, we can duplicate this and keep it going. Like that first time you saw it work.
2: Yeah. So I was still at 180, created Community Passageway, started working that direction, mm-hmm. got to the point where me and 180 were going to be split and I knew they were going to be, you know, they were tripping. I was tripping with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I already had this in the making. Yeah. Um, So still in 180 and I was like, hey, I went to the prosecutors and I presented the same thing to the prosecutors about felony diversion. Mm -hmm. I went to some prosecutors and some judges and I presented and they were like, "Uh, that world don't exist. You got we're just now getting our feet wet doing this misdemeanor thing. That world don't exist. I remember one of the prosecutors said, Tom, you just got to let us get comfortable where we're at. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe we can go that route. But right now that world don't exist. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, it's time for us to create it. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to create the other world. (laughs) So so it's time for us to create that world, right? And um, I said, because in the meantime, my people are victims of the legal, uh, criminal justice system, Mm. right? My Mm. my people are not, so we need to fix this. I'm not gonna sit back and wait till you guys are ready. Mm. So then they were like, well, no, we can't. So what I did was. I tapped the shoulder of one of the top level prosecutors and I said, Say, man, look. Because I was trying to get 180 to let me bring some kids that have felonies into the program and yeah. do some of the workshops yeah. to, to get their felony dropped. Yeah. And one of the things that the board said to me was, You can't mix those kids with these kids. And that really pissed me off. Mm. I was hot. Because yeah. I'm like, What the hell does that mean? And they, yeah. casually
0: say, they just casually say stuff like that. Yeah, like else yeah. like, yeah. is What are you talking about? <laughs> so
2: I went to one prosecutor, look, man, give me one kid. Let's sneak him in. Let me mm-hmm. sneak him into this one of the workshops. And if he, he's successful and I make this kid successful, will you be willing to drop his charge? Will you be willing to negotiate his charges? Right? He's like, I think we'll, we'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a kid secretly under the table. Yeah. <laughs> he gives me this kid. This kid's 15 years old, got three felonies, looking at being auto decline as an adult. So that means Charles is an adult, yeah, right? He was yeah. looking at some time. But he couldn't at 15. You can't do that, right? So they were going to probably wait till he turns 16. <laughs> but anyway, long mm-hmm. story short, he comes and this kid comes. I know. I mean, I know what he's, what he's you know. I put him, he comes to the workshop. We do his thing after the workshop. So I tap in with him. I meet one of him, him and his grandpa was raising him at the time. I meet with him and his grandpa. Mm-hmm. We start chopping it up. And I'm like, kid ain't been to school in a year and a half. I'm like, bro, okay, the first thing we're going to do is get you back in school. Mm-hmm. Right? i got a plan for you you get, mm-hmm. I'm, in my head i'm like this kid gotta be successful yeah. if i want to pull this off yeah. Yeah. got the kid back in school i said i'm gonna pay you to go to school i had to go to the school district and fight to let him back in school because he had been expelled a year and a half before mm-hmm. that and i was like no that's illegal you can't keep this kid out of school you gotta let him get his education blah mm-hmm. uh, blah you know what i'm saying have mm-hmm. some lingo for him whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and at the end of the day i was able to get him back into school when i got him back into his school i said i'm gonna pay you to come to school He's like, what? I said, bro, if you go to – I said, I know I can't expect you to go to all your classes, but I just need you to be in the building. Mm-hmm. Just go to the building. The first week, just go to the building, man, and try to go at least one or two classes. Go mm-hmm. to a couple of classes. So we went in the building that whole week. Mm-hmm. We made it to one or two classes. At the end of the week, I gave him 100 bucks. He was like, for real? I was like, yeah, bro. I said, now next week, go to like two or three classes, all right? Fast forward, two two uh, quarters later, he got – um. Attendance, uh, the uh, he got attendance of the quarter. He got the best attendance of the quarter or something like that. Mm. Comeback student of, yeah. the, of the of the semester and all this kind of stuff. He wow. he was going to school every day. He was going to every single yeah. class. Now, then next thing you know, a year later he was getting run and start. But through this process, um, I say, hey, look, young know, bro, bro, I, I want you to understand, it's time for you to figure out what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Right, you're 16 now, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about he going. He turned 16. I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, man, I want to be a barber. I bought clippers at the pawn shop and I cut my friends' hair. I cut my own hair. I'm like, you cut your own hair? You're dope. Wow. I was like, let's find you a barber school. Found him a barber school. I said, I'm going to pay for you to go to barber school. Went to the barber school. He went and talked to the barber's place. Got him signed all paperwork, everything. Got him in a barber school. I said, now you were stealing cars and everything. So you want to get your driver's ed. We got to get you in driver's ed now. Pay for him to go to driver's ed. Mm-hmm. Started doing driver's ed, right? Because yeah, he was doing good, right? Oh, yeah. The whole time I'm talking to the prosecutor saying, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. The prosecutor said to me, I see what you're saying to me. I hear you. Yeah. But all I have in front of me is these charges. Yeah. This is all I know about this kid besides what you're saying to me. Mm-hmm. So I took that and went, oh, he needs to see documentation. Yep. So I went and gathered documentation from the barber school, from the teachers, mm-hmm. from the principal, mm-hmm. from the uh, baseball team. He got back into baseball, the coaches. right? I wrote my story up. I did all that, bro. Mm. Right, hooked it all up, went back and said, "Boom!" He was like, "That's what I need right there." Wow! Right. Long, long story short, the kid ended up getting a two, a year and a half, two years later, whatever. He ended up getting Spirit Youth Award of the state of Washington is the highest honor you can get in the state of Washington as a youth advisory council from the governor's office. Wow! They did a big event for him in Tacoma, in the wow. in the theater in Tacoma, bro. It was dope, man. Wow. And then he started flying. Now he, then he was flying back and forth from. D.C. and Maryland doing uh, youth councils out in Maryland and D.C. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But throughout that process, they dropped the charges. All charges dropped. No charge. He has no felonies on his record. That's powerful. When that happened, Whoa. that's when I stepped back and said, "I got the formula." There you go. There you go. So I just been repeating that.
0: <laughs> Man, bro, and that's and that, and it's crazy because look how much work it takes for us to just show them hey we're human as well like we you got to see us in a human light yes right like like you said the prosecutor only is looking at the charges yes but do they look like do they do they take that same approach when it comes to someone else who doesn't look like us right come on Mm -hmm. and that's the problem there you know (laughs) and it it's a tough job man but i think these systems make it easier like you said right to where the next person who's in your position doesn't have to go and document everything and track it down and say no I'm not lying this kid is really on the right track like mm-hmm. no this is the system you mm-hmm. know and it works so salute yeah. to you man for, yeah. for for that that's
1: dope because it's like even the prosecutors they're looking at wins and losses they're mm-hmm. not worried about yeah. going into somebody's story and figuring out who they really are you know so mm-hmm. the fact you opened his eyes to look at all that is like That's dope, bro. That's really, like, change right there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It
2: was the the grueling piece. Like, people don't – people look and say, oh, he started an organization. He thinks he got this – I mean, it's successful. Like, they think that I'm going to start one, too, or something. Like, bro, I had to go to the courthouse and sit in the lobbies and and watch the way lawyers – Walked and talked, and what offices they went into. i go stand by the windows and stand by the office doors and just listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to hear what they're saying. Go sit in the courtrooms and watch them and hear how they got in. It's real and work. then I started emulating them. It's real work. Them.
0: It's real work. I started bro.
2: coming in there asking for the same paperwork they yeah. were asking for so I could get my information I needed yeah. about who I was working with. Yeah. And they would just give it to me because they see me there all the time. They just assumed Yeah. I was there. I, worked yeah. there. I was like, Or <laughs> yeah. something. They didn't know. So next thing I know, I was just getting everything thing. So I just emulated that, bro. And man, that's, 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 that's
0: crazy because it's like, man, I mean, it's. it's it's so easy to enable shit, like, to just let it go, you know, mm-hmm. and let it let it be the way it is. Mm-hmm. And this is proof that, like, yo, okay, you want to do something great. You want to put good out into this world, but this world is evil as shit. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you're <laughs> yeah. going to have to work for that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. Like, And I think what's yeah. dope is there's a lot of stuff that data can't track, mm-hmm. like you're talking about, like going and sitting and really trying to study how to p- save these kids, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's that's a message for anybody out there, I think, who wants to go into this route or start something of their own. Yeah. Like, yo, it's going to take some real work, yeah. some real commitment that isn't going to be seen on the surface.
2: Your passion is what you're willing to do for free. Mm-hmm. That's your passion. Sure. You're willing to work for free for your passion. Mm-hmm. If it's your dream and it's your vision, you're willing to do it for free. That's real. Period.
0: That's real. Man, yeah. you're dropping
2: gems out here, bro. For real. <laughs> so what, like. jewelry store.
1: What are some like other programs you have within community passageways?
2: Um, we got our school programs. Um, we're in about four schools right now. We just got I mean, we're getting asked to be in a whole bunch of schools, we don't have the capacity. And um, right now we're like y'all come up with the money, we'll build up a staff to so we're in schools, that's the that's the the prevention pieces at the front end of the pipeline. Mm-hmm. We try to catch the young people before they end up in the court system or mm-hmm. end up in the streets where we doing gang prevention, gang intervention at. But uh so the in the schools we're helping formulate BSUs. We I first started out by doing healing circles, man. Mm-hmm. You know, going in and just having space for young black and black brown bodies to come into and just you know let it all out it's crazy man i could tell you so many crazy stories because i was doing healing circles in the juvenile detention centers and at green Hill. i'm going in two weeks to do another one at echo glenn but uh i'm saying um like going into a school and they they the first time i did it um i was at an alternative school and they said uh you know hey we want you to work with all the boys because i did this big event just at this you know like 80 people. So they were like, we want you to come. So the kids went back to their schools and said, we want Coach Dom to come to our schools and mm. do what he did with us, mm-hmm. right? Bro, I can tell you so many stories, but they brought in like 15, 20 young men. Big Pacific Islander cats, big black dudes, little short dudes, like every all basketball players, there, football kid, and I'm like, I'm sitting in this room, like, I wonder why they picked these guys to come into this room, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's my first thing. Yeah, is like, yeah. I see what's happening. right? Yeah, yeah. they like, please fix these cats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was more like, now we need to fix y'all. Yep. Y'all mm-hmm. the adults, y'all run the facilities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if I'm gonna do a circle with them, I'm gonna have to do one, with y'all too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as y'all willing to do the work. But also, I'll do both. That's real. So they said, "Cool, right?" So I came and started working with the young men. Then they said, "Can you work with the girls?" Start working with the young girls. Doing circles, and, so, and I'm talking. They're crying. We're laughing. We're building bonds. Yeah. They're telling some deep dark stuff, man, that just will blow your mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're consoling each other. They're built. Yeah. It's just it was it, it. was a very powerful moments that we yeah. had. Yeah. Then I started bringing the boys and girls groups together, mm-hmm. and that went even deeper, right? Because they had did the work first, so yeah. it wasn't awkward when they came together because yeah. yeah. they were used to this process. Yeah. Yeah. So then. The teachers. It was time for me to train some of the teachers, and they were like, "Well, can you do our whole staff?" I like seventy people. Okay, we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like, I this is. I'm not. I. Ain't. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, this is, yeah, I'm a rookie. Yeah, I don't, yeah. This is yeah, not yeah. my they thing. Just you know I'm just I'm. winging this yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm literally <laughs> winging this. I don't have no, no curriculum. I don't yeah, have, no, no, <laughs> I have no model. I have nothing. Yeah. I'm winging all yeah. this, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just being relational. Friends. And I know, right, yeah. got them um, teachers in a room, and I was like, okay, the night before, bro, I'm literally sitting in the bathroom. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna do this for 30 minutes. I'm gonna do this. For, okay, I got it. Let's go. Right? <laughs> I, I think it took me 15 minutes to put together what I was gonna do for hey, them teacher. The backs against the wall, you you gonna figure it out. <laughs> let me, so let me tell you, bro, we get him his room And so I I broke it down for 30 minutes or so. Of what was happening? Blah, blah blah. Gave him a background. Hey, this comes out of Africa, right? This this model. Healing circles come out of Africa, the villages in Africa. You know what I mean? When a when a young person or a person did something to shame the village, they didn't punish them. They didn't put them in jail. Pri- the word prison and jail don't even exist in some of the African languages, right? Mm-hmm. You guys could tell me better than I can mm-hmm. tell you. But at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, they would take that person and sit them in the middle of the village, and all the elders and the villagers would all surround them and tell them how powerful and important they are, how much they love them. Yeah. How, how, how they're kings and, yeah. and how all the good stuff they did mm. and how proud of them they are, mm. right? Would change the whole dynamic of that way that person thought about this stuff. When you got all these people, everybody around you telling yeah. you how great you are. Mm. And they would spend days doing it, yeah. right? Come back the next day and do it again to make sure mm. this person, right? That's called rehabilitation. That's real, man. So when I went and sat with them teachers, I wanted to make sure that was the message that I gave them. Not punishment, not punitive, because we think from a Eurocentric mindset yeah. of punishment and punitive yeah. measures, mm-hmm. right? So I got him all I said, sitting there, I broke him off in the circles, and I started going down this line of questioning. And the first question I asked him was, I said, hey, because I, I said, sit with people you don't know. You know, everybody has their cliques. So mm-hmm. teachers sat with everybody they didn't know, people yeah. that you don't even really know nothing about. Yeah. So and I said, I got to break their guards down because if I sit in a circle with you guys right now, you guys know each other. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. I'm not going to want to tell you all my business. Yeah. Right. So how do I break that guard down? I said, look, I want you guys to talk to each other about how much you love your spouse or your brother, somebody that you love, and how much you love them and why you love them. I can tell you guys that, man, I love my wife. My wife is bomb. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, my yeah. my kids are dope. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Man, this, this kid right here is so smart. He, yeah. right? That's yep. easy. Yeah. But you don't, I don't realize I just let my guard down a little bit and let you in my world. And now you guys are doing the same for me. And that's what the teachers did. Mm-hmm. Then the next question was, okay, now I want you to tell them the things you hate about that person that they do. Right? Mm-hmm. Leaves the socks on the floor all the time. She don't wash the dishes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or my dog poops on the floor. Or whatever. Yeah. Right? So now you, I'm st- I just let you a little bit more in my world. I yeah. just my- mm-hmm. Then the third question I said was, I want you to talk about the funnest time you ever had as a child, your childhood best memory, going to camp, day camp, going to Disneyland, going, you know, whatever, yeah. going swimming with your, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so they talked about that's easy, right? Yeah. Now I just let you into my childhood. My guards are way down there, yeah. yeah. right? I that's- let you in my home, and my world. Now I just yeah. let you in my childhood. I figured all this out in the bathroom in that's 15 crazy. minutes, bro. That's crazy. In 15 minutes, bro. And then, I- then the last question I said was, here's the kicker. I said, Now I want you to talk about your deepest, darkest time as a child when you were hurt. And it just if you don't even want to think about it. You try to forget about it. You suppress the memories, the pain that it just causes you pain every time you think about it. You're just traumatized and you're hurt Mm -hmm. and you're in pain and it makes you angry and Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I don't know what whatever it is, if it's something you can't share, talk about how it made you feel. Mm -hmm. But I would love for you to tell the story to each other. So I sat back and watched. I went and grabbed the boxes of tissue because I knew it was coming. I started sitting tissue at each circle because I knew it was coming, right? Wow. Sure enough, they're crying. They're boohooing. Everybody's putting their hand on each other's shoulder, and they're consoling each other. Mind you now, they don't know each other. Mm -hmm. Right? They're consoling. And when they got done, I said, now I want you to sit back and close your eyes, and I want you to think about those kids that come in your classroom that you write referrals on, that you kick out, that you put out of the classroom, the ones that you know Johnny's going to come in here at 12, he's going to be on his phone, he's going to be disrespectful, mm-hmm. and you, put, you, you always kick him out, you treat him bad, you say something. I want you to think about those kids. Mm. Close your eyes and think about those kids. So I gave him 20 seconds to think about those kids. I said, now open your eyes. Now what I want you to do is think about those kids going through the same trauma that I just had you talk about when you were a child, mm-hmm. but every single day of their life. Yep. And then walking in carrying that same pain and trauma that I just had you talk about. Walking into this classroom that you're sitting in Mm. and you telling them, get out, or writing a referral on them or Mm -hmm. talking to them, you know, making them, uh, punishing them. Wow. How would you feel if the adults in your life treated you like you've been treating these kids at that time that you were in trauma, at that time you were in pain? That's real. I did that because I wanted to – you can't tell white people, black – you know, black people are traumatized. Black people just quit treating black people this way, blah, blah. You can't do that. They can't understand it. Mm-hmm. You have to take their shoe, take their feet and put them in our shoes. Yep. So I used their trauma mm-hmm. and their pain mm-hmm. of a childhood memory to make them understand the trauma and the pain that our kids go through daily. Yeah. And then carry it with them. Exactly. So they could get it. And I did that. And they yeah. were just like, it was mind blowing, bro. It was yeah. mind blowing. Because even if it's not you know, the that, same, it's like, yo, it's it's...
0: It's not the same, but it's still the same in a sense. Because when you were a kid, you felt something. When they were a kid, they felt something. You know what I mean? It's the same. It's going to be totally black and white, like for yeah. real, the experiences. But, yeah. I, but feelings, are feelings. The feelings, feelings are feelings. Feelings are feelings, exactly. Feelings are feelings. Then I
2: brought the kids that got the most referrals from the, and, the, and the teachers that gave out the most referrals together and did a circle with them the next week. Oh, man. And, then what, and what happened in that circle, bro? in 45 minutes I had to stop it because they were hugging each other and crying so much. The whole room was embracing each other. Cause it was like, I didn't, Mrs. Johnson is saying, yeah, my dad's dying of cancer and his, we can't afford the hospital. So his bed is in my living room. So every time I come home, I got to come home and work and deal with my dying father in my living room Mm -hmm. every day. So she comes to work pissed off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The kid's like, yeah, my mom gets beat pretty much three, four times a week by her. And I can't sleep. That's why I'm tired. I fall asleep in your class cause I can't sleep. I got to get up and try to break it up. And he comes Mm in drunk. right? they're sharing yeah. these stories with each other, and they're like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Oh, my God. That's right. right? They were tripping with he- yeah. empathy all over the room. Come on. This is what we have to do. And this is what we do in the schools. I'm sorry. I know that was long-winded. Nah, man. But that nah, was man. something That's I weird. felt like was important to much share, needed, man. Context it, man. is important, bro. Yeah. Yeah, so context is they important. They tell you a million stories like that. But, yeah, so, I mean, that was, that was some powerful moments. And we do those kind of things in schools, bro. Yeah. Then we start BSUs, having black student unions, helping them understand black history. We got curriculums that my guy, Dion Shell, developed. That He's an incredible instructor. And we just, we've just we been teaching them all about black history, the Black Panthers. He, we, he knew Nature yeah. at Brown. You know what I'm saying? We teach them all Masamusa, King Masamusa. Like, we teach them about all kinds of stuff, the continent of Africa. The, like, yeah. we do all that, bro. They learn stuff and yeah. they don't want to leave our classroom. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, no, we don't want to go to class. We don't we want to stay here. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And then it got to the point where the kids would be getting ready to get in a fight the day before or that day or, or act bad in classroom. And then they, they come in and be like, you know what? I was getting ready to sock so and so in the face, but I knew I wouldn't be able to come to the class yeah. if I did that. Wow. It's powerful, man.
1: It's, yeah, man. That's I, I think saying, um, man. it's like, Oh, my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I feel like that's when, uh, when like, we as people do a lot of bad stuff is when we feel like we don't have nothing to lose, you know? hmm So, it's like mm-hmm. the fact that you're just like, man, I was going to, you know, he was like, I was going to go punch so-and-so in the face, but I realized I wouldn't be able to come here, you know? If he didn't really care about coming there, then he would have did it anyway, yeah. you know? So, I feel like that's that's just crazy, you know? Yeah. It's like human nature, like, when we just feel like we ain't got nothing to lose, Man, that's, that's real. Lose it. That's yeah. why
2: so many kids are killing each other right now. Yeah, because they feel like they got nothing to lose. That's real. Mm-hmm. We've been talking to all the hitters. I got this big. pro I just turned in the proposal. I'm probably shouldn't be talking about this, but I don't care. I've, I just turned in the proposal to get the funding. So we we talk to the hitters. I yeah. know the hitters out here. Yeah. I know who's putting in the work. Mm-hmm. I know who's getting killed. Who's killing? Yeah, I know all that. Like we yeah. know that, and we're trying to figure this out. Yeah, right. And as we're trying to figure this out, bro, there's really only about 20 cats really putting in this work. Right, so we've been trying to get them. We're talking to them like, I want to get you cast us out here with these guns, and I and I gotta use the language most vulnerable and prone to gun violence. Right, is the language that we have to use. Mm -hmm. But I want to, and they're like, I want to get you guys out of town. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take this set to this city, and take this set to another city. Mm -hmm. I'm in the process of building that out right now. I literally Mm -hmm. was just on the phone on the way here on the the freeway getting you know the first first set of money to do it, and then I'm gonna take um, staff with this and staff with these kids. We're gonna put them in two different place, two different cities, way away from each other, mm-hmm. two different states actually. Mm-hmm. Got a list of programming, yeah. And so when you say they have nothing to lose, so we got to give them something to lose, yeah. And that's exactly. why we're gonna. One of the things we're gonna go through a bunch of healing, bunch of healing stuff, right? Yeah, Therapeutic one on one. That's that's, super and yeah. that's gonna be the main key yeah. is going to the healing part. But I got a bunch of a handful of young black brothers that are very successful in the cryptocurrency um, field. Oh, and yeah. they got a dope curriculum and yeah. I've been meeting with them and I'm going to pay them to come down and teach the young men cryptocurrency exchange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when they're yeah. doing that, we're going to make sure they all got their devices on. We're going to make sure all their phone bills are all paid up or I'm going to get tablets for them and all that. Right. Yeah. And we're going to I'm going to pay the young men to be gone. A thousand dollars a week to be gone out of town. To learn crypto They're gonna take these classes They're gonna go through Therapy sessions They're gonna get paid A thousand dollars a week These cats are broke They got guns and bullets But they ain't got no money Mm -hmm. You know what I mean Mm -hmm. So money talks So let's use Let's leverage the money Exactly. And so I've been going after the funds to do that, and these catches like, yeah, we'll go out of town. Well, they don't even know how much I'm gonna pay them yet. They just yeah. like, I, we yeah. want to get out of town because yeah. they don't want to be here. Yeah. They don't want to be in this man. Yeah. But they're yeah. too, they're too deep in. Yeah. Right, and so we're gonna get them out of town, go through this curriculum, and we're gonna t- have them do cryptocurrency exchange. They're going for, t- for the weeks that they're gone, they're gonna be doing it every day, yeah. every day. They're gonna have our, the teams of people who're gonna consult them, yeah. walk them through it consistently, yeah. walk them through, it, showing them how to trade, how to do, and teaching them the algorithms and all that. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're gonna do that, and at the same time, going through the process of healing then we're gonna i'm gonna go buy them some new clothes some slack some slip-on shoes some yeah. nice button downs get their mm-hmm. hair cut yep. make them feel good about themselves. and take you, them man. out to the town into the downtown area downtown areas and all you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like we're gonna do this yeah. man yeah. you got to make them feel good about yourself yeah. and then also give them something a tool to say i can make money yeah. off my phone yeah, yeah. i could do this
0: you got to like, give them something tangible man like that's that's the thing though you know i, I man recipes nib hustle man i remember he was talking about this about how he's like in communities a lot of times, it's like there's nothing tangible, you got to build tangible things that people can rely on, yes, right? That people can say, Oh, this is actually exists. Which you know, he him and his partners they built Vector 90 like a space and and mm-hmm. uh down there in Crenshaw. And it's like you can just got to build tangible things and let people know, like because saying you want to pour into people is one thing, but actually pouring into people is a whole nother thing, right? Yes, so I think that's what you guys are doing, which is important. Is like you're not just saying, Hey, this is how we're going to pour into people. We are pouring into people. Mm. We've been pouring into people in ways that you probably can't even track on data. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And I think that's what's super important about the work you guys are doing. And I really love the healing aspect of it, too, Mm. because that's the part I think people don't really tap in with. And, you know, my MOs lead with empathy, bro. You know, I be be preaching that, bro, Mm because I think that's, like, that's just such a a term and a word that people don't – they use it, but they don't, you know, they don't act on it a lot of times. And, like, the teachers and the students – it's empathy there, man. Like, just know, hey, I may not even know what you're going through, but you're probably going through some shit. Mm-hmm. That right there is enough, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And you may think twice about how you, you know, deal with people
2: and shit. Come on, man. That's real, man. Come on, bro. That's real. Come on, man. Damn. Yeah, man. So then, when the cats get back, I also line up a, a, a apprenticeships and internships yeah. for companies to hire them. Right, and get them full-time job. Well, they'll be learning, and I'll, they'll get paid on the job, and I'm going to add to their hourly wage, so they get yeah. make some substantial amount of money and help with their living situations and all that. And try to get them moved out the, the city limits and away from each other. Um, and then uh, they'll be accountable we're gonna hold them accountable we're gonna keep paying you a stipend while you're working you go to work you get paid for your work and then you go to these classes three days a week one class will be healing one day that one class will be cryptocurrency exchange to keep that up and then the other class will be financial advisory where you, you will know, a financial advisor budgeting mm-hmm. whatever and then that class will rotate then you have a real estate class and you'll have a right to learn mm-hmm. how to because we plan, plan our goals they have a three-year plan four-year plan or whatever for yep. cats to get their name right credit cleaned up yep. whatever, right and so they could go apply to be pre-approved to buy a home or something yeah. in three to five years or something mm-hmm. like that right mm-hmm. so now you got a plan right if you yeah. got a plan you, why are you pick up a gun when come you got on. a plan yeah and if i can on. my goal is to take as many hours out of your day as possible mm-hmm. so if i got you going to work eight hours a day mm-hmm. and then i got you doing classes three days a week for mm-hmm. a couple of hours at a time mm-hmm. and then i got you you know doing whatever else but like how much time you got to go slide on somebody yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. you know what i mean right, man? yeah you gotta get some sleep <laughs> yeah <Something. laughs> and it's right. like it's
0: a way of them pouring into themselves in a way exactly. that they probably never thought about. And mm-hmm. then
2: having a team of people constantly supporting you and like lifting how, you up.
0: Yeah, like come on, we've all been there. When there's mad people that are trying to invest in you, mm-hmm. it's hard to mm-hmm. say no to that. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to say no when someone's like, I want to invest in you. Yeah. Not yeah. And you know, people talk about investing all day, but it's like when you invest in people, it's mm. a totally different investment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's hard, bro. That's dope. Yeah. For That's real, powerful. Man.
1: And it's like Yeah, this is just dope because even like people listening it's like you know because there'll be a lot of people that i know too they would be like man i don't know how to talk to so-and-so or like my little cousins or whatever but it's like they could take something from this and be like damn okay this is how i gotta i could approach this situation Mm, or this situation and just you know so everything you've been dropping in this this whole conversation It's like I know people could take away from it You know Yeah
2: And I know yeah, so. I talk a lot I got a lot to say so Nah man. nah It's that's, all good that's, that's man what, That's it's what that good. microphone's for <laughs> 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 That's why we set that <laughs> mic up over here.
0: <laughs> so, nah man
1: Man that's just dope man I just appreciate it you Yeah
0: know? We salute it man for sure man And not just you But the whole team And everybody involved that That's helping make this And it's like Man it's an uphill battle regardless So yeah. You know, just accept that and then go to work. Yeah, I mean, you know? and
2: my like you said, my team. I gotta get my team. Oh staff. yeah, for sure. My team is yeah. dope. Yeah, I got a dope team. My people are dope. I got black folks are dope. Period. Mm. But once you give them the opportunity to be brilliant mm. and get them out of the mindset that that the Europeans have indoctrinated into us, mm-hmm. and get us in a space where we understand who we are and that we're we're powerful in yeah. our own right. Ninety five percent of my staff have done penitentiary time mm. or jail time, whatever. Right, been out there in the streets. You know. And 95% of my staff is all black, Mm. you know. And and at the end of the day, I literally got casted, put 27 years in the joint. My sister did 21 years. Mm. She just got 44. We got around her. Like, we got people that did long stints, and now they're in the same courtrooms that they were once sentenced in, standing in behalf to talk and keep somebody out of the system, Mm. speaking to prosecutors and speaking to judges and presenting in the same courtrooms that they got sentenced to 20 or 30 years. That's powerful. Damn. Yeah. that's powerful that's brilliant that's bro, impact too, yeah, man. yeah for real that's brilliant yeah like, that, that means we locked up brilliance bro mm. how much brilliance have we locked up come on i man. got cast that going and and been working understand this system and is working in the system mm. and at the same time navigating the streets and then going into the schools and going into the jails and detention centers and you know what i mean yeah. and then at the same time i start we're starting all these other programs. we got a reentry program we just started about six months ago the two people wanted to do that did 27 my bro and my my sister that did 21, they run the reentry program. Like she runs, the re- she's a director yeah. of it, but they run it. The- Cause they know what everybody yeah, needs. They can they identify. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And when they got out, what I was able to provide for them to be successful, she's getting ready to buy her first home. You know, she already rented out a house, bought two cars, got Beamers and all. Like, yeah. she, like I, my people, I, I make sure my people are eating, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to eat by myself. I'm going to make sure everybody's eating. But they,
0: and then they become self-sufficient yeah. is, what, is, what, is what happens sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes someone just needs someone to give them a little push. Just a little push. To let them know, yo, you can do this. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they go off and just...
2: That's what they're doing. you're like, wait, really? you don't need my help no more? They're like, nah, yeah. I'm good. I got it. Yeah. That's what's happening. That's Facts. what's happening. Facts. And the, kid, the young people, same thing, right? I could tell you a bunch of success stories, but I don't think about them, man. Right now, man, I, when I said I'm not doing good, bro, I'm not doing good because all these kids that we know are dying, they're killing each other, man. And I'm on both sides of the coin. Me and my team, my organ, like we working with the kids who, who got killed, family, and we don't knew that kid and was working with that kid and the kid that did the killing and that family. We, we know at so we're caught kind of in the middle of a lot of these. Mm. You know what I mean? We're paying for funeral costs. Yeah, we're, we're paying for rent and food and you know. I mean, yeah. we're doing stuff, man, helping people that are mourning. because yeah. you shouldn't have to be relying on a GoFundMe to bury your child. Yeah, what you're mourning and going yeah. through. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just really it's this bad, man. And I'm I'm at a point now where I'm going okay because I, I could pull out my phone and show you pictures of of uh, four babies. Yeah, right. That was just born in the last month. Right. Who's all four daddies been killed in the last two, three months. Mm. Right? What's going to happen to them babies, man? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to take care of them. Mm -hmm. I call them CP babies, community passageways babies. Mm -hmm. Because what we're not going to do is let those kids not have no male role models in their life. Yeah. Right? We're going to support those kids because you know what will happen to those kids if we just let this just be and don't go help them kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we have a whole generation of babies coming behind a bunch of murdered fathers. Mm -hmm. What do we do, man? You know, we got to take care of the babies. man.
0: Uh, Yeah, man. And I'm and I'm curious, too, because you touched on it earlier about the importance of like therapy. Right. And I think when people go into a field such as this. Right. Where you're going to be dealing with a lot of resistance, um, there's going to be a lot of like traumatic things that you're going to encounter, whether directly, indirectly, things like that of that nature. Um, I guess what are some advice, even if it's not like going to therapy, but what are some, what are some tips that you may have for people to like take care of themselves along the way to make sure they can, you know, do the job and be able to
2: uh, contribute as best as they can. I'm probably the wrong person to ask that. Okay. Because I literally just started doing therapy because my people made me right. Right. Yeah. Um, all the trauma that we faced, but, um, I started buying in more and more seeing all the trauma that my staff is carrying. Mm -hmm. Cause they're connected to some, it's just my, my staff's from the areas. My staff is connected. Their cousins are getting killed. Their brothers are getting, their sisters, like everybody's dying. Family members, everybody's connected one way or another. So all the trauma. So what we've been able to do is we provide free massages. We pay for massages. Mm. We pay for vacation time. If I pay you $200 to go take a two week vacation. I'm going to give you $200 to take a vacation. Yeah. Right. And it's some, and pay vacation too. Yeah. You know know what I mean? I'm going to get you, you know, I'm going to give you $200 to go enjoy. Like I pay. And then we got free therapy. I pay for everybody's therapy. Anybody that wants therapy in our organization gets gets paid for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm not talking about through insurance cuz you know what I'm saying? I don't have that kind of insurance. It's a yeah, nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do got um, money in the budget. And so when I write for yeah. grants and and for that. I, I yeah, I make sure we get therapy in yeah. there. Yeah. And I got like 15 staff people going through therapy right yeah. now. And and surprisingly, at least maybe 8 to 10 young people that's yeah. in our programs yeah. doing therapy. They ask for it. Yeah. When you got a Kesson... in It was one young man, he just got killed a couple months ago, man. And he was just a king. Oh, my God, it just breaks my heart. I think about him pretty much daily. I think about a lot of kids daily, you know what I'm saying? I see the faces almost every day. But um, this kid was just a rising star, man. And um, he sat with me one day. um, We were in emergency mode. His girlfriend popped a bunch of pills. I had to go get her and rush her to the ER and all that. And so me and him were sitting in the lobby. I'm like, I need you to do therapy, man. I need you to. He's like, bro, I'm messed up. I, I got PTSD. I know I am because he was in a lot of he was out there, you know, mm-hmm. and he was like, man, I know I got P." And we sat there for two hours, bro. And he cried and cried and cried. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he went through a process, you know, and he started doing therapy and all that. And he just got the job and we got the problem. All the stuff was going good, you know, but he was still mixed, had a foot in, and whatever, and just stuff jumped off. And, mm-hmm. you know, so um, he got killed. But I, I wanted to tell you that because he was the first kid that sat in my face and said, I need therapy, man. Mm-hmm. I got PTSD, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he inspired me Because I realized I was in the middle Of a shootout Right And had to fly off And get, jump in my car You know what I'm saying And then just a week Before that I was in at my office When the shooting Happened at one of my meetings You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying And, and so I was just Back to back shootings And bullets flying around me and I had been, and then I've been through the life already, but yeah. that was, that's buried. That's suppressed. I ain't thinking yeah. about none of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about what, I, and bro, I got to go, th- I jumped in the car and just jumped in the car and took off. I'm like, damn, you know, let me get out of here. And I went, I literally just drove straight to where I was going to the next meeting mm. and pulled up in the parking lot. Cause I was going to go meet a couple of young Kings and take them to dinner. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I got there and I froze. I was like, uh, what's wrong? Like, I didn't want to get out the car. Mm-hmm. Literally bro. Yeah. I sat there for like 15 minutes. Tripping, like, what's wrong with me? Why don't want to get out the car? Yeah. Like, I don't even want to go in here now. Joey's at South Center. Go get something. I was gonna take. Yeah. the car. Like, why? I don't even want to go into Joey's Right? I was tripping, man, and that's when I realized this got to be what PTSD is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. I thought about that Young King when wow. he admitted that, and then I admitted it. It made me be able to admit it. Mm. You know? Yeah. It made me be able to admit it, man. That's
0: powerful, man. Nah, man, we got to heal each other, man. And it's not easy, but you know, it's something that I think we, we that's what we're all on this earth for, I feel like as as humans as people is like we're here to help each other, we're here to he- heal each other. You yeah. may not even have the know-how. Yeah. But we're doing yeah. we're doing it, you yeah, know, but yeah. sometimes when you consciously know that you're doing it, yeah. you can you can affect more people, I feel like.
2: Yeah. Know. We're all energy, mm. right? Yeah. We're all energy. We're all made out of energy, right? We could either have positive energy or negative energy. That's That's the only energy that exists, right? That's real. Right? Mm -hmm. We were made to be in communion with each other, Mm -hmm. in community. Communing mm-hmm. With each other mm-hmm. Our energies Are supposed to exchange yeah. We're supposed yeah. to Give each other energy With positive frequencies yeah. You know what I mean yeah. I can go deep If you want me to but oh, no, I'm, I'm, just I'm, I'm with that yeah. talk I love yeah. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about The energy yeah. distribution That's how I look at it I
0: always say Energy is currency to me That's how I look at it Yeah
2: Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they stole the word currency and turned it into money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm, yeah. oh, I'm going to have to do a master class <laughs> <for that time>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nah, Dominique, man, you, you've been dropping a lot of gems. Um, we definitely, before we get you out here, we definitely want to give you a chance to kind of talk about some of the you know current things that you guys have been working on. Uh, one of which is the Youth Achievement Center, which you guys are a part of helping uh, bring to life and uh, can you just talk about that I I mean from what I've been able to see and what you guys have been able to kind of put out there uh, it's it's essentially a a stable place for youth to call home um, Mm -hmm. especially those who are at risk of homelessness detention Mm -hmm. um, and gun violence Um, but can you kind of touch on kind of what the vision is for that space?
2: Yeah, bro, it was crazy because um, I got, over all the years, trying to find people places to stay, places to live, places to lay their head, especially youth, when you got these teenagers that's out here and I'm getting those calls in the middle of the night where there's a young, late 15-year-old girl that one of my staff found out there in the middle of the street crying and got got put out or, don't you know, a young man that's just out here sleeping at the bus stop, like just trying to – there's no real emergency shelter, like all this – 80 million 100 million 200 million Going towards all the Shelters and homeless places For teenagers And I'm like I don't I, It's not working for us yeah, <laughs> Right for, yeah, for And real, so yeah. I got so frustrated After years of trying To navigate those systems and, and, and not having Much luck at all And I was just like One day I was like You know what I'm gonna build my own One day I just got we gotta have our own place. Mm -hmm. And then I had like-minded other people around me. Nikita Oliver was one of the main people. Mm -hmm. And so me and her, that's my homegirl. Like we rock.
0: Shout out Nikita. Nikita's my she's off the hook. So we
2: started rocking, but here's where the idea actually came from. And and got back bought, got back to life because I kind of lost my way on that thought process. But I thank God for the young kings and queens in, in the youth consortium program, mm. because we started this youth consortium program with about with about 27 or so young people. And the youth consortium program exists that some kids from East Africa, West Africa, some kids from from here and from the hood, some um, uh, Pacific Islander, Filipino, like, and we melting pot. Right. And so um, these weren't all kids in gangs and all that stuff. Some of them was a little bit and most, most of them wasn't. They mm-hmm. were playing soccer and baseball and, you know, they were good, good kids. Some kids were striking out there doing their thing. Yeah. And so we came together and we were able to put together this whole uh, group of kids. And our goal was to teach them about local government. And so we taught them, We started, we started have, taking them and having city council people or county council people come in. We, uh, they want, we want people to understand that you get the right people in the seats. Right. Um, that's where your resources, you get the right people to see so they get the resources into your community. Mm-hmm. And so we and we also wanted to get plant to see that get these kids. Maybe somebody might want to run for office one day. Yeah. We need mm-hmm. people like you from the hood, you know. Right? And so we were doing that and we went to this process. We ended up doing a local candidate debate. I took them to a debate on Beacon Hill. They, they, they thought it was kind of cool, but it was boring to them. They like we want to do our own. I'm like, oh, these kids are so dope. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're brilliant. I was like, well, what yeah. would you do? Well, we want to have music. We want to have food. We want to DJ. Yeah. We want to yeah, yeah. have a panel of, of young people holding up emoji signs saying, that's, that answer was poop or that's a Pinocchio nose. You're lying there. Yeah, dude. That's, right? that's, and so they were holding up <laughs> emojis. They're on, they're on the <laughs> that that answer is fire. They <laughs> yeah. were holding up fire. That answer is fire. And it yeah. was dope. So we ended up doing it. We did that city hall. We ended up getting to City Hall, and the kids did the whole thing. They put the questions together. They facilitated The kids were asking the questions. They were like, no, we don't like that answer. Quit playing politics with us. Give us a real answer. And then the, the, all the, the candidates for the city council, county council, <laughs> school board, and, and Port of Seattle all came down. It was hella dope. And they were coming up and me like, these kids are brutal. <laughs> I've never been so nervous before in my life, right? It was hella dope. But, that's, that's dope. but after we got done, Gramiza Halle got that seat. And King County Council, yeah, which is my, he's my boy. Shout right? out, Grimai, Shout man. out Grimai, man. I love Germain, so yeah. he comes, he comes soon. He ain't even been. I don't even think he made it to his office yet. Mm-hmm. He got this, he won, and I, like two days later, he's calling me and Nikita, and like, hey, you know, I want to talk to you guys. But before that happened, after election was over, I took the kids canvassing in South Seattle. We walked up and down the streets of Rainier, yeah. I said, write down what's not here. What do you need for you and your peers to be successful? That's not here in this community. And when we got back, one of the young men named Muhammad said, "We need somewhere to live and somewhere we can get help with school and jobs. There's Mm. nothing like that around here." Mm. I was like, "Bingo! Mm -hmm. Good job." You know what they want, man. Yep. And now I told him to write a proposal. We sat in the room for two days writing paragraphs of a proposal. I said, it's going to come from you guys, and you guys are going to go vet these council members. You guys are going to tell them what you want. But Germayad hit me up. We went to a meeting a couple days later. Yeah. Me and Nikita already knew what the kids wanted. Yeah. He said, what can I do for you guys? I said, well, the kids. Nikita was like me and Nikita. was like the kids. The kids said, this is what we need in our community yeah. in South Seattle that don't exist, and it don't, and we need it. Yeah. He was like, I'll be back. I'll meet with you guys again next week. He came back with this list of properties, mm. and on the properties – Puget Sound Transit own the properties from they were building the train through, mm-hmm. the hood, through the city and he was like Let's look at these properties. Let's see what we can do with these Right, and I'm like, bro me and Nikita said we want these two right here on MLK right off of Alaska Right, right off MLK in Alaska. There's two two gated empty lots yep, right yep. there yeah. right right yep. where the train stops yeah. right across from where the right train stops? The state, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they're yep. sitting right there yeah. two gated off and it was like we want those so we started fighting for them. Then they brought in Africatown Land Trust, yep. Viking and them mm-hmm. guys. We brought them in to be the developers because they, they got. Comp- I wanted some black developers. Yeah. Yeah. They came in and we partnered. We put a big push, media push. We started vetting council members, we started vetting their boards, Pugetstown's board, vetting the CEO. We started talking to people. And after a long push and a community outcry, they were like, You guys can have it. Wow. So they gave us the property. Um. So, I mean, right now, the lawyers are writing up the paperwork. They're going. So we got these two properties we're going to have. And. We had these architects. The architects been writing up all the blueprints, Mm -hmm. and so we had the kids working with the architects to tell tell them how they wanted the buildings to look and what they wanted in the buildings. So the kids been working with the architects, now some of the kids like architecture, they want to be interns. They want to go be powerful. interns for the architecture. Yeah, that's and powerful. And then man. when we get the construction company, whoever we contract with them, I'm going to have 15% of the staff of the people be apprentices from the young people that whose idea was. They yep. get to work on the building that they imagined that would be. Yep. Yeah. And now they get to put their hands on it. That health a, That's building. a form of yep. equity right there that you know, they deserve. For real, yes, sure. Sir. I got to raise $40 million. Which I'm going to, yeah. right? We just yeah. put in something for $500 million. We'll get that. You know, we'll if get any, that if anybody
0: can do it, it's you, bro.
2: Oh, uh-huh. I mean, uh, $5 million. We just put something in for $5 million, yeah. bro. So yeah. thank you. I appreciate nah, it. Nah, man. We're going to get that, man. Nah, we're going to get that $40 yeah, million, man. Yeah, we're going to build sure. two facilities. So the facilities will be one space will house up to 100 youth and young adults. Okay. It'll have a multi-service center next door to it where anybody in the community can come with a one-stop shop. You could get help with uh, uh, housing, education, mental health, physical health, mm-hmm. um, 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 anything you need, rental assistance, whatever you, uh, daycare, yep. all that stuff, you come in there and all, there'll be people there to serve you, we'll have case managers there to serve you yep. and we'll have stuff there that already we can serve you that we can give you the services right there and if it don't already exist, we'll call whatever agencies that we have to call to come to you, mm-hmm. come into our building in our space so you don't have to take you and your three kids on the bus trying to navigate getting to here, getting there, mm-hmm. setting mm-hmm. appointments here, over there, yeah. we're going to eliminate that and make services very yep. as- attainable. centralized the centralize And then it, yep. we'll have pregnant girls and teenage girls and stuff, We'll have daycare we're gonna do that we'll have retail shops on the bottom floors mm-hmm. we'll have we have greenhouses on both roofs so we're yeah. gonna be growing our own food yeah. doing horticulture teaching yeah. horticulture Come we'll have on, culinary man. arts kitchens in both facilities teaching kids how to cook the food they're growing Come on, right man. and then at the same time we'll have computer labs classrooms yeah. we're gonna have people coming in teaching kids how to be certified in the IT world yeah. in the tech world because we yeah. want to break those barriers down yeah. right and start getting kids plugged into that we got classrooms people getting their GEDs get their people I mean we're just gonna have everything like we're gonna yeah. just and and have you know uh Uh, Yoga rooms Workout rooms Whatever Meditation Teaching Mm -hmm. all that You know It's gonna be dope man It's gonna be dope I'm excited for that man Check that out yeah, yeah, so, nah, yeah you guys got to come down and yeah, rock for with sure, everybody. For start sure. building relationships. Yeah. We'll have community circles where people come yes. in. You guys can come in and sit in circle with us and the young mm-hmm. people and yes, the families sir. and just chop it up, bro. Yes, I'm excited, bro. Yes, sir, so I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: The energy is like it's, you. You mapped it out. You painted it for me, bro. I'm, That's what I'm saying. I see it. But man, Dominique, man, again, we just want to you know salute you, man, and your team and uh, as well. But for the work you're doing, man, it's 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 um it's courageous and it's brave, man, and and it's not easy. I know it's not.
2: Yeah, it's traumatizing
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure Definitely is, man Um, So before we get you out here We always ask our guests this question Um, It's something to kind of sum up what we discussed But it's also uh, something to kind of cast what's ahead, right? You you know, you're casting vision So if you can, my brother What's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why?
2: Passion Mm. Passion I, I got a passion for this like I said, I'd be doing this for free. Mm-hmm. I'd make money somewhere else doing something else for the money because I got to pay the bills, take care yeah. of my family, right? Of course. Passion, man. Mm.
0: I love Straight that. Up. I love it, man. Passion. Respect your passion, man. You got to respect your passion, man. Wow, man. This, is, this was a great one, man. Yeah, this was this a great was one. Great. A lot of gems, um, a lot to learn from, a lot to pull from, a lot to meditate on. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, man, again, Dominic, we, we salute you. You know, you got support with us here at the Up and Up always, always man. Always. Uh, always. Much luck you. moving forward. And, yeah, man, I think it's safe to say, man, Dominic Davis and the Community Passageways team are officially members of the Up and Up. Can we get around yeah. the applause, man? Clap it up for the building, man. I'm honored. Come Thank on, you. man. Appreciate I'm you, honored. boss. I'm
2: honored. Thank you, man. I, I want to see you guys again real soon.
0: Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And it's DJ Irm. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you
1: have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the Up and Up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore
0: the Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the Up and Up has coming your way.
1: Thanks for listening. And until the next one,
0: keep it on the Up and Up.